It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome back to Mariners Pod as the Mariners had a very successful weekend against the Angels, taking two of three. We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. We'll also hear from Sam Haggerty as Shannon Dreher had a chance to sit down with the uh, Mariners infielder, outfielder, everything. So that will come up in a few minutes as well as the stretch that we've been talking about for a while, that 16 games after the Baltimore series ended on April 15th is now in the books and it was an eventful 16 games, a roller coaster ride on and off the field. But at the end of the day, 8-8, eight and eight, and that's something Mariner fans should take with a smile. Houston in the first series, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Astros again, and then the Angels, some of the best offensive teams in baseball. It's a real challenge in this stretch, but the Mariners end up 500 through it all after the win yesterday against the Angels. So that's good stuff as they turn their attention to Baltimore in a three-game series starting tonight. We'll talk about those three games, then on the road to Texas and the Dodgers after that. So we have a lot to get into. A pretty interesting series against the Angels. It started... Uh, it started with a bang as the Mariners got some offense going in game one of the series against the Angels. Uh, L.A. actually took the lead 2-0 in the first inning. And the Mariners just kind of chipped away. One in the first, one in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, and they just kept scoring one more in the sixth, two more in the eighth. And the story was really the bottom of the order getting it done for the Mariners. Here's the windup in the 3-2 pitch. Swung on, well hit ball. Deep into the gap in left center field. Often going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball underneath the out-of-town scoreboard. Dylan Moore has just tied it up at 2-2 here in the bottom of inning number two. Second home run of the season. Holy smokes, he jumps on a 3-2 pitch from Heaney, and this game is tied at two apiece. Here's the next offer, swinging a drive, right center field, on the run is Trout going back, and this one is gone, goodbye baseball, Tom Murphy with an opposite field shot, right center field, in and out of the seats, his second home run of the season, and it gives the Mariners a 4-3 lead over the Angels here in the bottom of the fourth inning, on an 0-2 pitch, Tom Murphy goes the other way, how about that? It's great to see Dylan Moore a couple of hits. J.P. Crawford had two. Tom Murphy had a couple. We talked to him on the field after the ball game, and he was all smiles. It's been a tough start for Tom Murphy, but he came through in a big way. As the Mariners' bullpen did it again, it was a short start for Flex, and he went four. Bullpen goes five, just allows one run, and the Mariners claimed game one, seven to four. Now, game two was a whole different story. L.J. Newsom got the start. The Mariners got punched in the mouth immediately. Three runs on the board by the Angels in the first. Mike Trout going yard in the first inning. Put a five spot in the second, an 8 nothing lead, and they just rolled. Mariners got a couple in the eighth and a couple in the ninth, but 
Angels double up on the M's 10 to 5 in game two of the series. So, series was even coming into the finale yesterday with Justice Sheffield on the mound. And boy, he battled in the ball game. I don't think necessarily had his best stuff this year, but you're not always going to have your best stuff. And it's not easy against a team like the Angels that packs such a punch, especially in the middle of their lineup. He was in and out of trouble all day, but at the end of the day, he was just hanging zeros. The 2-2 pitch to Pujol. Swing and a miss, and the bat goes down the left field line, almost to the umpire. Down at third, Tim Timmons fooling big time on a slow-breaking ball. Fourth strikeout for Sheffield. So Sheffield ends up going six, allowing just two hits. He walked three. He fanned four. Some timely double plays along the way through 103 pitches as he blanked the Angels. Mariners didn't get much going offensively. Bundy was pretty good, too. He gave up just a couple in six innings, but they got enough going offensively. Here's the pitch on the way. Swing, a little looper into shallow right center field, and this one is going to drop in for a base hit. Seager being waved in, Ronnie third. He will score. Around to third goes Kyle Lewis. Dylan Moore with a soft single into right center field, and the Mariners have the lead. One to nothing here in the bottom of the fourth inning, and it comes with two outs. So a 2 nothing lead into the eighth, and with the middle of the order due up, Scott Service handed the ball to Kendall Graveman. You got to love that. Giving it to your best to face their best. Clean eighth inning in the ninth. Clean again as Montero comes on to grab the save. The Mariners get the win 2 nothing in a really fine ball game yesterday. Justice Sheffield and the Mariners claim victory. Here's what Kendall Graveman said after the ball game, after the win and the series win against the Angels. What was your mentality as you were warming up in the bullpen for that? Kind of saw that the game might be headed that way, like in the sixth inning, kind of doing the math, looking at the lineup. Uh, I mean, mentality is still to challenge guys and attack and see what happens. Uh, that Throw my best stuff. And I thought that, um, you know, it's really big in those moments to get the leadoff guy, no matter who it is, no matter, but especially when you're facing those three is to, to get the lead off of the inning uh, to get an out. And so oh, we made a good pitch to Trout. And then Rendon put a really good at-bat against me. And uh, you get a 3-2. And um, you, there's a different momentum shift if you walk a guy opposed to him um, getting a hit. So just challenged him there. And he found a hole. And actually haven't been feeling totally confident with the changeup. Uh, and I kind of told Woody the other day, I don't know if I'm going to throw it much uh, coming up. But I knew that was the moment, so I shook the change up and threw it and got a ground ball double play. So uh, that showed up today. Uh, so hopefully they give me confidence moving forward to, to keep using that pitch to lefties. What was kind of the lack of confidence in the changeup? Was were some of the struggles that you're experiencing with it? I think just it was a little bit of grip stuff. It was throwing the ball harder. Um, you know, especially when I'm I'm going. It was more of a feel pitch for me um, when I was starting and a location pitch, and uh, I've been throwing a lot. I throw it every day in warm-ups, um, but it just hasn't been feeling good sitting in my hand right. Um, but to make that adjustment and loosen the grip and to get the good good action on it there and, and throw a good pitch down and away to get a ground ball and get a double play. So um, I've got more confidence now than I did uh, a day ago with it. So um, I think that was a, a big moment in the game 
just to be able to know that's the pitch and then actually execute that pitch. From a collective standpoint, just how big of a performance was this from the bullpen, given how tight the game was and how loaded the Angels lineup was? I mean, it just, even though it was a two-run game, it, it seemed just really close throughout. Can you just kind of you know, speak to the bullpen's collective efforts tonight? Right. I, I think they said on the broadcast when I was in the clubhouse in the ninth that it's uh, the first shutout that they've had all year. So to be able to do that, um, Chef did a great job pitching around some um, traffic during the game. Uh, I told him he's going to give me a heart attack, keeps doing that. So <laughs> I just told him to challenge his own, you know, his stuff really good. And he wasn't getting hit, um, but uh, was able to wiggle out of some stuff. And then I thought the one of the biggest uh, – moments in the game too was Miz came in and threw one pitch and, and got a ground ball a weak ground ball from Otani with a guy on second there to leave him stranded so it did feel like a tight game um it felt like a tight game in Houston when we were down there and I, I told the guys hey good pitching and good defense wins a lot of baseball games over a long season um hitting will come and go it goes ebbs and flows for every team and if you can be consistent on the mound and, and playing good defense then we'll continue to win a lot of baseball games that been the overall uh, vibe in the out of the club out of the uh, bullpen. Um, you know, guys are having each other's back, picking each other up. You see Montero come in today after a couple tough uh, innings last couple games and do what he did and and get back that confidence. Have you seen? You know, what's that feel like to to be part of that uh, that that uh, group right now? Yeah, you know, there's been moments where we haven't gotten the job done in a couple situations this year. And uh, one thing I'm proud of the guys, especially in the bullpen is they've not come in and hung their head. Um, they've come in and continue to work knowing that we have a really good uh, bullpen and continue to throw strikes, get ahead of people. I think that's one of the talking points of, of we're kind of middle of the pack in the league of, of OO strikes and um, just the test of time and trusting that getting to one creates a better outcome for yourself is something that we're really focusing on continue this month. And last month we put up some good numbers, but it's a new month and kind of take it that way is um, we're one six of the way through um, as far as months and see if we can continue this trend going into this month and just break it down um, kind of monthly, I think. And Scott service pretty pleased and why not the first time the angels have been shut out this season. Really nice series win there. Uh, you know, our guys continue to really uh, battle and compete. You know, it just they, they like the competition. And, uh, you know, highlighted today by what Chef was able to do. Um, you know, they had all kinds of traffic the first couple innings, and he just did not give in. He kept trying to make pitch after pitch. And, you know, he hung in there. The first three innings were about as tough as it gets for a starting pitcher, certainly with their lineup. But uh, he got it going, and we certainly needed it. Uh, today wanted to get him through six is uh, on the edge a little bit there in the six but he got the pop up and the, the big strike out of, of Pujols to get through it so a uh, heck of a job by Chef uh, he did have his good slider today and he needed it uh, against that lineup and then our bullpen continues to do what they've done uh, pretty much all year for us uh, Gravy was outstanding through the, the middle of their lineup uh, you know Vesti and, and Miz gets a big out against Otani so uh, heck of a job uh, not a ton of offense out there today but just enough and our pitching really stood up uh, uh, with some traffic out there on the bases. Questions? Scott, with Justice just working out of all those jams that you touched on, is that a reflection of you know him taking a step forward in maturation and responsibility for a young pitcher? 
Yeah, you know, Chef's always done that. You know, I go back to when, when he first came to the big leagues with us and being able to work through traffic. He's got weapons to do it. Uh, you know, he's got a strikeout pitch in the slider. He's got keeps the ball on the ground. So the double play, as long as you keep it in order for him, he's got a chance to to get out of get out of an inning just with one pitch. So uh, uh, just a, a heck of an out. He just doesn't quit. He doesn't back down. He doesn't give in. Um, he just keeps competing out there, and he's got good stuff to go along with it. Given the context of the situation, state of the rotation, the opponent you're going up against, a very tough lineup. I mean, would you say that this was one of his best starts of his young career so far? Uh, I would. Um, that is a really tough uh, lineup to get through. They've got all kinds of power uh, up and down that lineup. So, um, you know, what Yusei Kikuchi did first the other day, stepping up, going deep, shutting out the Astros, chef today. That's what it takes. You know, it takes guys stepping up and uh, just keep battling, keep your team in the game. Um, you know, good things will happen. But uh, it starts with throwing strikes. You really got to pound the strike zone and give up a few free bases today. But, you know, he kept it in check and made pitches when he had to. How exciting was that eighth inning? Uh, maybe just from an entertainment standpoint, Graveman against the heart of that order, uh, just about as good as the matchups as it gets. It, it really does. You know, Gravy's you know probably been our, our best pitcher out of the bullpen. Uh, just very aggressive. Got a lot of life on that fastball. Uh, you're going to put our best against their best, and uh, we got it to, done today. So some really good pitches on Trout, uh, the big double play ball. Uh, the changeup is a pitch that, that Gravy's been struggling with a little bit lately but he set it up perfectly throwing two inside fastballs to Walsh guys got all kinds of power then pulled the string on him with that change up and nice double play uh, turned by our guys in the field the nice uh, bounce back uh, effort by Montero there uh, after a couple rough starts or rough outings um, seemed to be going after uh, each of the guys in that last inning yeah, I think I think Rafi's probably been our, our most unlucky pitcher. Uh, batting yeah. average ball in play against him. It really hasn't been a ton of hard contact, but they found some holes. They certainly did over in Houston the other night. Uh, you know, the other day he came in here and again, soft double, you know, broken bat single. He gives up a run. So uh, it usually evens out over the course of a season when a guy's got that kind of stuff, as long as you're staying in good counts. And he was really aggressive today. Um, it's nice to he had two run lead instead of a one run lead, uh, but he did a heck of a job. And he's real big, you know, him and Gravy at the back, back end of it with what Miz has been able to do, Vest stepping up, Keenan. It's a long list I'm, I'm going through there. Those guys deserve some credit because they've been really, really good for us. Scott, um, do you have any more of an idea of who might give you the start tomorrow? Uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I, I got gotcha. you. It will be a. It will be a reliever, uh, you know, possibly uh, could be Swanson, um, who we activated today. Um, it, it could be, you know, we could go Duggar for a couple, just have to wait and see. But um, we'll probably know here in, in a few hours. So good stuff from the Yams as they get the victory. They win the series and they split a pretty brutal 16-game stretch at eight apiece. And now... Well, the schedule eases up on paper, but can they take advantage of that? And we'll find out starting tonight as Baltimore will come to town. The M's just saw Baltimore at their place. So this will be a three-game series starting tonight. The pitching matchups look like this. Well, for the Mariners, we don't know who's going to get the ball tonight, at least not yet. 7-10 first pitch. This is Marco's spot in the rotation. Dean Kramer will take the ball for Baltimore in game one. Game two, Justin Dunn. We know he'll start at 7-10 on Tuesday. Jorge Lopez 
will go in game two. And then Wednesday, day baseball, 1240. You say Kikuchi will try and follow up a brilliant outing as he'll go against the ace of Baltimore staff, John Means, will take the ball in game three of the series. It's been an interesting ride for Baltimore. You know, they've surprised in the first month, you know, 13 and 15. In last place in the American League East, but it's pretty tight. Uh, Boston still leads at 17 and 12. You have Toronto two games above 500 after that. They've won three in a row. Yankees have won three in a row. They've pulled to 500 now. Tampa just a game below 500, 14 and 15. They're in the mix as well. But Baltimore's hanging tough so far in a tough division and a deep division. And Baltimore had. A nice weekend against Oakland. They won game one on Friday, three to two. They won game two on Saturday, eight to four. And it looked like they had a chance to get the sweep on Sunday, but they were uh, Laureano as the center fielder for Oakland made a brilliant catch late in the ball game to pull a couple runs off the board against Baltimore. And then he swats a two-run home run to break the tie in the following half inning. And just like that, the A's salvaged the finale. So uh, Baltimore will end their road trip against the Mariners in these three games after playing Oakland on the road and taking two of three. Not a ton has changed for Baltimore since the M's saw them last. So see if the Mariners can take another series after beating the Angels in two of three. I'm sure we'll see Sam Haggerty as part of this series against Baltimore and Shannon Dreyer a chance to sit down with the Mariners infielder slash outfielder been a lot of fun watching you already this season and i'm just kind of curious what is different for you and you know you had a full spring training this year and you were able to start with the team what does that do for you uh you know it gives you a little bit of uh you know comfort and uh you know support that you know you're wanted here and you can help this team and but you know it only goes that far and you know each day you, you got to prove yourself you got to help your team win and, and you got to do the little things that um you know, I'm able to do and, and that help the team. What do you do in terms of preparation? You're a guy that can do so much, and I would imagine that lends itself to a lot of prep. Yeah, if I'm not starting, I'll, I'll take ground balls and I'll take fly balls during BP. Uh, if I am starting, I'll work primarily at just that position. Um, and then in the cage work, I work both sides of the plate, I'm trying to keep it simple, keep my head clear. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, just – trying to execute and, and trying to play hard. How do you manage the two swings? Are, are, are they similar for you or are the approaches the same? What goes into keeping it simple when you have two swings? I actually treat them differently. They're, they're different swings. Um, I have different approaches. I'm a, I'm a little bit more pull from the, the right side of the plate as I'm right-hand dominant and, and left-handed. I try to stay more middle the other way. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the approach is the same. You're trying to get a good pitch to hit, and you're trying to be on time. Those are the only two things that I'm able to control and, and the two things that I try to focus on. How do you use what they have available to you at this level as far as data, as far as reports, as far as everything that they can throw at you now? Yeah, you, you try to use as much as you can while, while filtering the information that, that's helpful and then letting go of the information that's too much that may cloud your head. Um, so you're just trying to develop an approach, stick to that approach, and, and execute to the best of your ability. What are the conversations like in the hitting cages when you guys get there and you have that time? To, I imagine not as many people in the situation that you're in right now, but when you're outside and around the cage and as a team talking hitting in those situations, what are the things you're talking about? 
you're, you're talking about the opposing pitcher. You're talking about how he's going to attack hitters. And then you're kind of talking about your own strengths, your own weaknesses and how he may attack you. And, you know, it's kind of a chess game in, in that, in that matter of how, you know, you're going to play off each other and what I can do to combat what he does. And, you know, I enjoy those conversations. And, you know, we have two great guys, uh, Tim Laker and Jared DeHart, that really help with that. Is there an instance that you can think of in-game where a guy has given you kind of a piece of information about a, a pitcher that perhaps you haven't seen that you've been able to take into the game? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I don't have that many at-bats in the big leagues. So, you know, I'll defer to guys like Kyle Seeger and Mitch Hanniger to, to give me a little information about what their eyes are telling them at the plate. And I try my best to, to use that information and, and give myself a little bit of a, you know, a step ahead, I guess. You look at those two, what are their individual strengths? Theirs? Yeah. Oh, they're phenomenal hitters. They're very consistent in their approaches. You know, the way they handle their business around the clubhouse in the cage, you know, it's no surprise. Um, they're, they're true baseball players and vets, uh, in my opinion. Okay, we got to talk about the home runs. You hit fun home runs, and i got to thank you for that one. Utah Street, how aware were you of, of what you did at that moment? Zero. had no idea. <laughs> I was more concerned that we had just tied the game and we were probably going to go into extra innings. And, and how was it kind of brought to your attention of uh, we just don't hit baseballs out there very often? Um, I, I can't remember. I think somebody sent me a text and said, you are the first one to do it since Ken Griffey, something, something. And I was, you know, I, I, that's not why I play. Those those are great accolades and they're they're cool. But at the end of the day, you know, that's all it really is. And it's done after that point. And, you know, it's time to move on and keep getting better. A lot of your home runs are a lot of what you do in these games, I've noticed. And it's early, but this has been a kind of interesting thing is that they've almost been add-on and they've really helped the bullpen. I've noticed guys have been up in the bullpen. You step up, do something. And the next thing you know, guys sit down. How aware are you of the importance of being able to play that role and add on in those situations? You're always trying to add on. I mean, this game will teach you that no lead is safe. And so you're always looking um, for an insurance run to help our bullpen, help our starters. You know, it's a long season. So, you know, at any point that we can ease the tension on ourselves and, and give us a little less stressful innings, um, it, you know, it should work out better in our favor in the long term. What was it like to hit one up on the monster? That, again, is a, another fun, entertaining. I mean, we enjoyed that for sure. Yeah. No, I knew I hit it good, and I knew it had a chance. But playing out there, I was kind of concerned that the the monster might keep it in. So, honestly, put my head down and was just trying to get to second. And you know, then you run those bases, and you're just trying to finish your job and, and get the win. When you you look at the the other aspect, a big aspect of your game, and the speed aspect, how important is that to you? And how do you prepare for that? Do you have a speed coach? Is that something you've always been able to do? And what, what goes into that aspect of your game? Um, I, I've always been able to run. It's been, uh, you know, it's been my best skill for the longest time. And I had a coach who really worked with me. His name's Kyle Hudson on stealing bases back in 2017. And, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to him on, on my ability over at first base to get to second. Um, I, I love studying the pitchers. I love that part of the game. It's, it's something I'm passionate about and, you know, I try to use it um, as much as I can when the situation calls for it. Not asking for your tips or anything like that, but I think we saw a situation in Boston. I think it was the Evaldi on the hill, and he kept throwing over and throwing over and throwing over. Uh, what? How much of a cat and mouse is that in your head, and uh, how do you know 
okay, I've got this guy. Yeah. Again, if they throw over a lot in my head, I believe I've won, even if I'm not able to steal that base because I've taken attention away from our hitter. And at that point, he may get a better pitch to hit. And at the end of the day, that's good for our team. So, you know, it definitely is a cat and mouse game as far as um, he, he's, his inability to split his attention two ways. Um, and I'm trying to exploit that. That's fun to see. We have on the pregame show, we do a roundtable segment where we, we talk baseball. Uh, whoever's in the booth, the broadcasters, anybody else who, who might be here. And one of the hot topics this year, and it's a hot topic around baseball, is how do you get more action into the game? And I think that a lot of people would like to see more players who can put the ball in play, who can steal the base. Uh, what are some of the obstacles there? Or if you were commissioner for a day and there was something that you could do to inject more fun or actually practically, what, is there something that you can think of that would kind of enhance that part of the game? Nothing immediate comes to mind. I, I'm more traditional and, you know, I believe baseball is the way it is and, you know, it's a beautiful game and I, and I would hate things change um, drastically. Um, I just think we're at, we're at a point in the game where, you know, we have a lot of information, we have a lot of data and we understand swings, we understand pitches and, you know, I just think it's part of progress, but I, I don't have anything that would, you know, immediately affect the, you know, the way the game's played and as far as, you know, getting action in the game. So, no, I love that. That is a great answer. You are rooted deep in baseball. Where does that come from? Uh, it's been in my family forever. You know, my dad played in college. My uncle played in college. Um, another uncle played in college. And it's just been a, you know, it's a beautiful game. It's a team game. It's an individual game. It has aspects of both. And, you know, it really is, um, you know, a mental challenge. It's just a lot of it that I really enjoy. Okay, I appreciate that. That is absolutely fantastic. Want to get into some fun things? Let's start with the number. Why have you got zero on your back? Uh, I really don't have a good answer. I just <laughs> always wanted like a single digit, and I was never able to pick my number. And then um, zero was the only single digit available, and I, and I figured, why not? Good enough right there. We talked a little bit about this last year, but you you might be the leader in the clubhouse of music as far as I'm concerned. It was Superstition last year with Stevie Wonder. It sounded like in the air tonight. It, yes. Where did that come from for you? Uh, most of my music comes from my parents. Um, in the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. You know, my parents love Genesis, and Phil Collins was the lead singer of Genesis, and it's, you know, I've just heard a lot of uh, old classic rock, and then I chose uh, Lovely Day by Bill Withers for Day Games. Um, and that's more of a reference to my mom and her Motown roots. Can you talk a little bit about those Motown roots? Yeah, she was uh, born and raised in South Detroit, um, just like the Journey song. <laughs> um, and, you know, she uh, grew up with the, that disco era, that Motown Temptations. And I, I like all that music. And I just, you know, I like that for a walk-up song for some unbeknownst reason. Give me your top three favorite songs. Oh, that's too difficult. You can't do that to me. Oh, just oh, get three of your top ten. Oh. <laughs> Come on, this is the big leagues. <laughs> I got no answer. <laughs> okay, well, next time we talk to you, I want more music. I want more on that. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Okay, how about last book you read? Uh, it's called The Slight Edge. Um, read that one, Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I like to read. Were you part of the book club this off season? Uh, no. 
Okay. <laughs> you I are on think. your own with that. All right. Last question for you is what is the perfect day in the life of Sam Haggerty away from baseball? Uh, I guess I'd wake up. I'd make breakfast, probably an omelet. I, I like, love breakfast. Uh, drink a couple cups of coffee. Probably read the news. I don't know. Go for a workout. Make lunch. Read a book. And then make dinner. Huh? I'm a simple man. I, I don't ask for a lot. You do all your own cooking? Uh, I, uh, I try to cook a lot. My girlfriend's much better than me. Um, but I enjoy being in the kitchen. I like the art of bringing something together. What's your specialty? My specialty? Probably manicotti with sausage, Italian spicy sausage. Very nice. Rick Riz will approve of that. No question about that. <laughs> Sam, it is great to catch up with you. Well, thank you very much. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.